With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Calling, but it's but it's connected. Uh, hmm. Hello. 
Please hold while I try to connect you. This is Jerry Ashton, yes. Yeah, is this Jerry? Yes, hi. How yes, are you? it is. This is Leo, Leo from the L.A. Steel Show. Well, Hello? how are you tonight? Good. Hello. Can you hear me all right? Um, yes, I can. Um, maybe if you call my landline, it might be clearer. Oh, I thought that was your landline. Okay. No, it um, ended what? up being, uh, it would be 212 mm-hmm. Two two eight four three seven seven. All right, I'm sorry about that. No, not at all. Yeah, hang on one second here. Let me write it down. Sorry about that. Two one two. Two two eight. Four three seven seven. Four three seven seven. Four three seven seven. Oh, sorry. She she get okay. This was supposedly a landline, <laughs> it, and I had your cell phone, which is totally yeah. It, it went it went to it it went to an exchange for some reason and ended up uh, coming to my cell. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Let me call. Let me hang this one up, and I'll call you right back on that other line. Okay. Thanks a lot. All right. fashion 
but that which isn't adds up to at least a trillion dollars uh, a year, hundreds of billions. That's half of our, our, our national budget, for crying out loud. Well, it is. And people need to wake up, which is why we wrote the book. Yeah. No, I, I, I found that to be uh, quite quite amazing. And uh, I've told everybody to go to, RIP, to ripmedicaldebt.org and, uh, you know, check, check you out there. But I think you, when, when, you, when you put this book together, how, how did you... Well, forget the book. Uh, for not forget the book, but how did you uh, how did you guys form together, and how did you get all the money? How did how did the money come together for you? <laughs> There's always miracles out there, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> in, in my case, <laughs> in my case, I uh, uh, I was out of town when a certain ruckus started happening in Manhattan called the Occupy Wall Street movement. And I saw it on TV, and I said, that looks kind of interesting. Uh, being a former Navy journalist, I'm always interested in newsworthy things. So when I got back in town, uh, Zuccotti Park was just a few subway stops from where I live. So I went down there to see what they were doing, and, of course, they were talking about economic disparities. They were talking about the 1% versus the 99%, you know, the, the the phrases we've heard so much over the past years now. Um, but I was intrigued by what they were doing to answer the problems, one of which was to create a working group in which they wanted to go out and r- raise money to buy medical debt and to abolish it to bring attention to the problem of this inequity in our health care system. And because they learned that my my background was that of a bill collector, uh, they came to me and asked if I could give them some help. Uh, and since it was a very pure act on their part, uh, helping other people, even though there was a political element to it, I was more than happy to help. And I brought my colleague and co-founder of RIP Medical Debt uh, in on this because he had all the collection software, which we were able to use to turn into Instead of collecting money or sending out collection letters, we would send out forgiveness letters. So we didn't come up with the idea. It was a bunch of uh, bunch of uh, <laughs> rowdy people down in Zuccotti Park. But when they they did what they did, they raised really seven hundred thousand dollars, and we helped them abolish thirty million dollars. And then they came to us one day after Occupy was petering out, and they said, uh, "We're closing up shop." And Craig and I looked at each other, and we said to ourselves, we can't let this happen. So that's how RIP Medical Debt uh, got its start. Oh, wow. And how, how, do, you fund, how do you fund your uh, nonprofit? Well, the first year and a half, we didn't. We practically starved to death. And <laughs> Craig's wife was asking him why we were going in debt to get people out of debt. <laughs> we couldn't answer that. <laughs> It was a tough one to answer, but it's what we felt we had to do. But there's a program that you may have heard of called uh, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Well, he he discovered us, and he discovered us because he was going to do one of his send-ups, and this was going to be on the collection industry and the debt-buying industry. He wanted to show what a uh, reprehensible work on their part and 
he formed his own charity, attempted to anyway, and he went out and bought $15 million worth of people's medical debt in Texas until HBO caught on and said, what are you doing? <laughs> Have you ever heard of patient privacy rights? <laughs> and so what, what happened is that they discovered us, and we went to their offices, and they said, we need to be able to, we haven't touched this portfolio of debt, but we need to be able to see that it's forgiven. Can you do that? And, of course, as a 501c3, we are able to do that. So John Oliver donated the debt, the debt to us, and then he did a big show. In a half hour, he went through the entire industry, and at the end of the hour, he hit a red button, money came down from the ceiling, he gave away $15 million of the medical debt, and our website crashes. Wow. Uh, yeah, just, uh, just, just, just overwhelmed. Just overwhelmed. And from that point forward, um, it's been uh, quite a ride. Uh, like I say, our first year, I think we get, did about 6,000, maybe, maybe 18 the second year. Uh, but last year, in 2018, we raised over $5 million from people like our listeners who just said, i got to do something about this. Uh, no, it's great. No, cause I, saw, I thought I thought it, on your website I thought it said uh, five hundred million dollars. Yep, yep, a half a billion dollars, and our goal was to abolish one billion dollars. So we're already halfway there. So we're beginning to rethink that maybe we were too modest. <laughs> how do you? How do you? How, <clears throat> what are you paying on on the dollar now for for that medical debt? Well, this is the the part that always intrigues people. And we go over that in the book, talking about the debt-buying industry, how debt buyers will go to a hospital, and uh, the hospital is sitting there with unpaid debt. Uh, they are unable to collect it. They don't have the manpower, the time. It's getting older and older. So a debt buyer will come in and say, well, you got $100 million of the debt there. Uh, I got $5 million. Why don't we trade? And uh, they do. And now the $100 million is owned by the debt buyer at $0.05 cents on the dollar, and he proceeds either to collect on it himself or to sell it off to other collection agencies. But in any case, when they pick up the phone to call you, right. you're not calling for the um, $25 that paid for your $5,000 surgery. They're calling for the full amount. But in your case, you're, uh, well, you're, you're just paying it off, right? Well, what we do is we go to the same debt buyer. <laughs> and debt buyers, by the way, are beginning to take positive note of us. At first, they, they were quite concerned. They thought we were part of a uh, conspiracy to make them look bad. They're an interest industry like any other industry. Uh, right. No matter what you might think about bill collectors, they were what, doing what they considered to be their job. But well, we said, look at our criteria for forgiving debt. Our donors give us money to forgive debt, and we tell them that we're going to be able to buy debt for about a penny on the dollar. So that's what we're here to do, and we compete with with collection agencies. But we only, but they don't compete with us because they don't want the debt that we buy. We have three criteria. Number one, and they could someone could be one or all three of these criteria. Number one. Uh, two times the poverty level or below. Uh, number two, they're insolvent. Uh, 
or number three, they're paying 5% or more of their annual income out of pocket for medical expenses. Now, these people are in hardship. So when we step in, we say we only want people who deserve and need our charity, and that's why they sell to us. So when so they sell to you, um, five cents on the dollar? No, for a nickel. A nickel on a dollar. Yep. Oh, it's, that's wonderful. Yeah. And you and do you do you pay that off or you pay that uh, down or forgive no, it? No, but we do. when we when we when we take that portfolio and we buy portfolios a million dollars at a time and and more. When we buy that portfolio, we own it. That means we can do anything we want to do with it. And what we do with it is forgive it. And we send out letters to each and every one of these people letting them know that either our that our charity, thanks to our donors, have has made this gift possible. And it's oh, not wow. and it's not taxable to them. Now how are your how are your um excuse me? Like who are your donors? Do you have mega million dollar donors, or you got? Uh, well, you know, Americans are amazing. Uh, the average donation that people make is somewhere in the neighborhood of about uh, seventy dollars. Um, we have donations. I'm sending out letters today to donors who uh, sent us as, as little as five dollars, and I sent them letters thanking them for that. Uh, we last um, November and December there was one very nicely. Uh, situated couple that wanted to remain anonymous that wanted to bring attention themselves to this disaster that we call health care in, Amer- in America, and they proceeded to give us $2 million. And with that $2 million, we abolished a quarter billion dollars worth of medical debt across the entire United States. In their wow. name, isn't that amazing? That's amazing. You know, it, sorry you once told me it's all Keynesian, you know, but so the people, especially when they're talking about medical debt, uh, it's like uh, so the individuals whose medical debt uh, you satisfy are not are they aware that you are doing this because you're just buying things in bulk, kind of. That's thing. right. We we don't know who these people are. It's a random act of kindness. Although we're able to distinguish uh, classes of people, I'll tell you about that in a minute. But every one of these people get a letter from us, and the letter identifies the original hospital that owned the debt and how much the debt was for. And we say, like for example, uh, five thousand debt at XYZ Hospital is now nothing, and they and they yeah, have that proven. Come again? Wow. You must be completely loved and adored. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been so popular, but nobody knows who I am. <laughs> yeah. I, we do get people who write us. We get people who, um, uh, for example, um, here are the kind of people that want to help other people, faith-based organizations. There's a church uh, called Coverty Church in the Dallas suburbs that heard about us, and they said, well, we'd like to abolish debt in our area, and we're able to 
go right down to zip codes. I mean, this is how good our analytics are. They said, we want to do it in our area, and uh, we want to give you $100,000. How much debt would that buy in North Texas? And we did our research through the, the portfolios that we have access to, and we came back and said, well, that's over $10 million. And they said, we'll take it. And they announced they announced it of all days on Easter Sunday. Uh, that's amazing. So for a hundred thousand, they bought they bought ten thousand in debt. Ten million. Ten, ten million. Ten million dollars disappeared from the backs of these people. The the DFW, the Dallas NBC station, uh, had picked up this story. They themselves had also donated enough money to get rid of a million dollars worth of debt in Texas. And it was because of the story that NBC TV in Dallas put on that the church even heard about it. So the important thing for us, which, again, uh, there's ways of being able to be made aware. One is TV, and it's so fleeting. Uh, Others might be somebody who's fortunate enough or smart enough to listen to your show. That's a good way of becoming aware of it. But the book is something that should be on the desk uh, stand, the bedside for every American. It should be given to doctors when they graduate. It should be given to every debt collector in the United States so they would take a look at this disaster that we're all involved in and we're all paying for and get rid of it. I I was so amazed when, you know, uh, briefly, um, the 12 medical debt facts, uh, Bear with me, and I'd like to just read a few of them. Sure. Uh, uh, the 12 medical debt facts. Number one, the United States spends more per capita on health care than any other nation on Earth. That's amazing, huh? I knew that. The USA is the only industrialized country reliant on commercial insurance instead of universal health care. Yep. At least 20% of all working-age Americans with health insurance have trouble paying medical bills. Yep. The unexpected. $500 out-of-pocket medical bill is too much for many people to pay or pay in a timely way. That is correct. And, yeah, it's, it's overwhelming. And five, more than 60% of all insured Americans will deplete most or all of their savings to pay medical bills. There are 15 million Americans right now who have a credit mark on their credit reports. That's costing them anywhere from 30 to 70 points. And I can guarantee you that 60% of those credit marks are going to be medical-related. There are over 5,000 collection agencies in the United States. They bring in 16, um, I think it's $19 billion a year, half of which is medical debt. If we eliminated medical debt by getting rid of uh, the present system that we have, half of all the collection agencies would go out of business. Debt settlement people. That's a six billion dollar year industry. Repairing credit. Another five billion dollars extracted from the pockets of Americans because of a system that is broken. And nobody, believe me, because there's no money in it, nobody wants to fix it. Well, actually, a lot of people do, and they're going to get their way someday. About ten percent of adults delay or skip medical care due to costs, worsening health costs, uh, more uh, to treat. Yep. Robert Goff, who's one of the authors, uh, was a former executive director of the NYU Physicians Association. That's for all the NYU physicians. And he himself was a hospital administrator in the past. 
he pointed out very clearly that the fact that we're causing people to be ashamed of being broke, to be ashamed of owing a medical bill, who then don't go to the hospital, further exasperating the problem, that the hospital itself is nothing more than a revolving door for a lot of people, if they're even willing to go there because of the money that they owe. It's very sad. It is sad, and it happens every single day all across the country. Yes, it does. I'm ashamed of that. Yep. There's something called social determinants that we are investigating. In fact, uh, we talk about a team of four university economics departments uh, that are working with us. I'm talking about UCLA, UC Berkeley, uh, University of Chicago, and MIT. When they discovered that the work that we were doing, once again, thanks to somebody being made aware, in that case it was John Oliver, you're going to have your share of people that will be more aware and contact us Contact us just because of this show. But when these people contacted us, they said, this is very intriguing. We want to do an economic impact study to find out what it means to relieve somebody of the burden of medical debt. So we've been working with them for over a year, and we feel that this summer or fall there's going to be a major study, the first of its kind, evidence-based, that tells you what we've probably already guessed, and that is medical debt itself causes poverty and leads to it. Yeah, I was looking at this uh, number 10 on your list. There was 10%, only 10% of unpaid medical bills appear on credit reports. That's right. Imagine how much more is owed out there. One trillion dollars exists. Medical debt drives uh, middle-class and lower-income families into poverty Mm -hmm. or homelessness. And then medical debt is the number one cause of personal bankruptcy in the United States. That is correct. And that bankruptcy, by the way, is based on the fact that 60% of the people that go bankrupt actually have have insurance. But they're underinsured. Because when you take a look at co-pays, you take a look at all the costs um, that people have to cover on their own out-of-pocket. The deductibles. Can you imagine... Ten to twelve thousand dollars a year in deductibles. Americans are paying their own insurance bills. Insurance companies are only covering as little as they can hope to by making sure that the the patient is the payer, not the insurance company. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I talked to a, a friend of mine at work, and her aunt uh, has to come up with uh, two thousand dollars a month for her medicine, and she has insurance. And think of that. That's that's the copay for the for the medicine. Somehow or another, whoever rigged that payment program made sure that the patient who should have been insured this term insurance is a joke. I mean the oh, yeah. it is oh, a absolutely. joke. I mean and the person can choose the medication the medicine that she needs, uh, which may save her life or die. Yeah. That's that situation she has. Well that's yeah. it. You know, I remember years ago some political party talking about death panels. And, well, they were right. They do exist. But I don't think it's a political party that's the death panel. I think it's the people that determine whether or not you can afford insurance, 
whether or not you have enough insurance or whether your insurance even extends to cover all the needs that you have. We're all paying for this. You know, everybody wants to shift the costs. You know, everybody wants to have, let's let's just say blankly that everybody would like to see everybody insured, but nobody wants to pay for anybody else's uh, medical bills. So this is a this is a, this is a disconnect. If we all tipped in and realized we're all in the same boat, there's not a person listening to your program right now who, at some point or another in time, will face a medical bill and or an accident. And a medical bill and accident, you're only a step away from bankruptcy, losing your home, losing your family, losing your job. So when we come in as RIP Medical Debt, we know that we're sweeping up after the parade. We don't like this parade. We don't like what we're sweeping up after this parade. But we do know that thanks to shows like yours and thanks to our book, people are going to get educated and they're going to go to the legislators and say, why are you doing this? Who's paying you on the side? Who's supporting you in keeping us from being safe? So, and by the way, I want you to know another thing. Uh, I'm speaking in two different ways, in a sense, two different uh, postures. Number one, as an author of this book, and there are three of us, we are of different minds ourselves about the problems of health care and how to approach it, which is why each one of our chapters will seem a little bit different, a different proposed solution. But every one of us agree that we may not agree on the exact technique or the approach, but we do agree that something has to be done, and that's why we wrote this book. Now, as and that makes us in a way uh, political. We could be seen as political, but all we're doing is pointing out a problem, asking people to think about it. As a charity, of course, we are um, we are agnostic. We don't care who wins or loses anything. All we wanted, as far as a political debate goes, we want to help Americans. And right now, this is. The only way that we can are picking up uh, medical bills for a penny on the dollar, and that's what we do. Well, it, it's really sad that the people in our Congress seem to be unable, as this recent shutdown showed us, to remember the rest of America. It just seems to be about them. Well, I thought it, it's amazing. I thought they were supposed to be representatives. Who are they representing? I don't think they're representing me, if, if that's what they're doing. Well, 50% of, uh, of all people in Congress and, and the Senate, 50% are millionaires, all right, and the 1%. <laughs> the other are, you know. Will be. Are, will be. It will yeah, be. Will be. Right? <laughs> yep. And well, you take a look. It's really frightening to see this, to see this uh, disconnect, but also to see people like, you know, Mitch McConnell, uh, you know, bastards like that, uh, you know, who, who who become wealthy off of insider trading and, you know. Uh, super wealthy, super wealthy. You take a look at the at where he gets his money. Follow the money. That tells you who he votes for. It's not for you and me. He gave that up. He gave that up a long time ago. Anybody who sits in on a committee, a finance committee or a health care committee, and it's accepting money from big pharma, big hospitals, big medicine, insurance companies, there's something wrong with that picture. 
Well, if you were in business, like I think I'm in education, and if I were accepting money from a, a textbook company and representing them, I'd get fired. Yeah, immediately. But you see, we have a we we have one part of the educational process in our so-called congresses of ethics policies and ethics committees. Do you know who listens to them? Nobody. They, they do away with that committee, by the way. What's that? Uh, yeah, the 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 Republicans did away with that committee <laughs> because the, because the committee was was so. Yep. Showing, showing so showing so much uh, early on in the last when Trump came in, there were so many complaints about the Republicans and, and so on that the Republicans decided to do away with the ethics committee. And that's also why you get rid of uh, press conferences. They're so annoying. Right. All those questions. That's now right. I'll tell you, there's one hero we have. We have a couple of heroes that are out there. Alan Grayson, who wrote a, 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 an introduction to our book. Uh, he's a former congressman, as you know, from Florida. He had an overnight hospital experience where the bill was almost $25,000. Oh, my God. Blew his mind. And he says, he writes on our book, he says, it's time to lift the yoke off the backs of Americans. Sure is. I don't know if you ever heard of Joel Siegel, but he's a former uh, senior legislator assistant in uh, Congress who helped co-author the expanded and improved Medicare for All uh, bill that we're, we're still working to try to um, get passed. He himself is fighting a degenerative disease. He's, he's got out-of-pocket expenses for medi- medication that that's breaking him and putting him into bankruptcy. This, this is what's happening to everybody. Every one of these legislators who are busy ignoring the needs of the medical cost needs of Americans they themselves one day are going to pay a price. But well, by that you know, time, they're retired and living in the rear area anyway. Uh, yeah, right. It's it's kind of it's really sick, it's staggering, you know, to to think that um, we're. I mean, I, I understand. I mean, we got three hundred million, three hundred twenty-five million people, and it would cost a lot to insure. But yeah. In fact, the Koch brothers did a full study on that. The Koch brothers, and found out that they that it would be so much cheaper, be cost effective, be far more cost effective nationally to have full medical coverage for everybody. Look, if doctors didn't have, and I've worked with doctors, I've collected on their bills that they sent out that weren't paid. The poor doctor's office, <clears throat> they're understaffed usually to begin with. They send out these statements hoping somebody's going to pay them, and when they don't, of course, they're stuck with the bill, and. Yeah. That's when they end up, just because they have to pay their own bills and keep the lights on, they put these, these people out into collections. Uh, but I'll tell you a portion of our population that is really in trouble, and those are veterans. Do You know, we, yeah. we, we have something like 20 million men and women alive today who have served in the armed forces. But at least uh, a million and a half of them, Risk homelessness. Fifty thousand sleep in shelters every night. Every night. And when we, I did a chapter in the book, uh, in medical debt, where I the chapter title was, uh, "No thank you for your service." Yeah. 
No, That's thank right. you. For your service. Really true. Yep. Terrible. I'll give you an example. Uh, uh, we're contacted by veterans all the time asking for some help. Uh, veterans, by the way, uh, you, you're familiar with the Commu- Consumer Financial Protection Bureau that take complaints, call in from people. 50% of the calls that they get about debt collectors come from veterans being chased down by bill collectors. Whoa. Yeah, I just saw a news flash come across the way. Do you remember when Rand Paul got beat up by his neighbor? Oh, yes, I remember that. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah, I just, it just came across my screen here. It says, Rand Paul was awarded more than $580,000 in damages and medical expenses <laughs> after they attacked him, breaking several ribs. Oh, jeez. Well, I think... You got, yeah, you got almost a, you got over a half a million dollars in damages for, for getting a couple of ribs broken, and uh, of course. Well, you know, we we should be getting damages ourselves from the from the insurance industry and from pharma for the damage that they do uh, do us. We're, hey, we're I, being bludgeoned. This because I I think I saw it in your book. I'm, I'm not sure, but uh, the pharmaceutical companies uh, get a get a price on their thing. But so do the pharmacies, all right? The pharmacies add on to that. That's what those pharmacy managers and things that they Now, have. what, now, uh, you know, if, they, <laughs> if, you can't, if you can't pay the down, the, the, the whatever. Deductible? Um, yeah, yeah, deductible. But that deductible basically, it seems, covers the, covers the uh, um, pharmacy. Well, everything that's out of pocket that deals with remedying a medical problem is a is a health cost. And no matter who's picking your pocket, every one of them are doing it because, number one, that's the way it is. And number two, there's no money for them in changing it. So un- until people realize and demand that, that this stop, uh, it's going to be the way it is, and it's going to get worse and worse, and it's not sustainable. With health care costs going up and up and up, I it's not going to yeah. I was reading yesterday, the day before yesterday um, that the, uh, the Senate just turned out, and Cory Booker was, uh, was one of them that voted against this, but uh, they had a bill in the Senate to uh, stop, to, to um, buy pharmaceuticals from Canada because there was so much less, you know, yep. that, that Medicare could make, yeah, that Medicare could buy from them. Well, oh. uh, you know, that that went down in flames because uh, uh, the pharmaceutical companies all own the Congress or own, own the Senate. And oh. uh, one, of the major, one of the major pharmaceutical players uh, uh, was uh, Cory Booker. And you notice he hasn't, he hasn't announced running for president yet, has he? I, if, if he has, I don't think he's going to get too far because the know, Demo- after that one, I, I think no, he, he voted against that. But well, I, one of his, his biggest donors are pharmaceutical companies. Do you think uh, there's a correlation? Oh, maybe, huh? <laughs> you think? Yeah. So, if, if if what we did is realize that we have a swamp, and no matter which reptile goes there to drain it, it's still a swamp. We've got to, it's still a swamp. 
But it won't be if people rise up and say enough. For example, this recent shutdown that went so long, what really changed the, changed the tone of everything and caused Trump to come back to the table was when the air traffic controllers and, and, the, and the border security people, they started stop showing up. Yeah. So this, this may very well require a national strike if necessary to get somebody's attention because it's not, it cannot stand. No, and they they arrested five union leaders uh, in front of uh, McConnell's uh, office. Uh, the, they were doing uh, a sit-in. They were doing a sit-in down there. Well, how dare uh, they sit in? Well, this guy is <laughs> this guy is so sneaky. <laughs> trying to find him in the Senate is tough enough. If you know if people are trying to track him down and get him to uh, to respond to the demands that are being placed on him. Where's Mitch? <laughs> Where's Mitch? Where's that Mitch? So, you know, as as I, I'm as outraged and as as anybody else could be, and one of the one of the joys, of course, is that while all this is going on, at least we stumbled across a way to be able to take debt off of someone's back. So when we write about that, we write about how it came to happen. It just didn't happen overnight, like it fell down from the sky on us. This is uh, this is almost a plot that people put together to put us in the position that we're in. And if you're not educated, you're going to continue to be bulldozed and and conned. And that's what's happening to us right now. We're not the best nation in the world for health care. We're lucky. I think we're somewhere around 17th. Japan has the best health care in the world, the best out the best outcomes, they have the longest life expectancy, and they have 100% health care for the public. 100%. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, I know, I know that um, it was Sweden or, or Norway, <clears throat> they have a remarkable system, too. Uh, fully, fully, um, uh, fully covered, full coverage. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, well, if... If people will go, if people will go to our website, ripmedicaldebt.org, uh, we have a map there which is interactive. You scroll over the map for your state; it'll tell you how much how much debt is owed by people in your state. For example, and this is on credit reports only. Thirteen percent of Oregon, for example, uh, has uh, percent of the population has medical debt. There's $788 million worth of medical debt on their credit report. You move down to California, 13% with medical debt. However, they owe $7 billion on their credit report. So you tell me, <laughs> you tell me, is there something broken here? Here's Ohio. Almost 20% of the population, one out of five people in Ohio has medical debt for a total of a billion dollars, one billion eight hundred eighty million dollars. Wow. What's, what's, you're up in Connecticut, aren't you? Yep. Let's see. Well, you guys are, you only owe 12.8% of your population owing debt, but this happens to be $350 million worth. 
Do you think that might stop you from going out and buying a new car?
aware that rather than being a part of the problem, that they want to be part of the solution. Now, if hospitals and big farmers stepped up the same way, insurance companies, maybe we get somewhere. But there's no money in it for them. No. That's amazing to me. How, the, uh, how, uh, if, I was to, if I were to approach, uh, if you, I'm sorry, if you were to approach a hospital, uh, for that, what, what, how would you approach them, and what, what would you say you could do for them? Well, this is the this is what we're investigating right now. Uh, we buy our debt primarily from debt sellers who themselves have bought from hospitals. We'd like to cut out the middleman. We'd like to go direct, but we we were never in the world of hospitals in their thinking. We're a strange animal. So what we have to do is. We have a team of legal experts right now uh, working to be sure that if they donate debt or they give debt to us as a charity, that they're not violating some law and getting in trouble for being for being <laughs> beneficial to the society. But right now, uh, since only about maybe a third of all hospitals sell medical debt, that means two-thirds of hospitals are sitting there with filing cabinets filled with people's pain. Now, in a way, they think because they're not chasing it down and they pulled it back from collection agencies and they didn't sell it, that maybe they've done a service to the community. But just between you and me, mom and dad sitting at the dinner table, they know they owe the money, they feel that, and it is a mental burden. It's a spiritual burden. So when we step... But so when we send that letter and say, guess what? It is gone. It is forgiven. The weight is lifted. It's off their credit report as well. Oh, good. Wow. So, so, so you're saying you, you have to buy. You can't. You you can't go through. Uh, you can't. You have to bypass. You can't bypass the middleman. Well, uh, we're we're working to do that. I have a feeling. For example, if there's any hospital administrator listening to your show right now. I suggest they pick up the phone and call us, and let's see what we can do to work with you to be able to get that debt that you're not going to collect, that's just sitting there. It does no one any good. Let's be creative. Let's get into some good mischief together. <laughs> oh. No, I, uh, no I, uh, there's a hospital right here um, in, uh, in, in, in the next town over. Uh, and they do it. Uh, they're they're big, but they you know they 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 must have a tremendous amount of debt. Uh, they must. I'll tell you another. Here's there's so many. <laughs> this is funny. Points of light. You're familiar with that phrase, that story. Yeah. Well, we found we found real ones. And points of light for us turn out to be people who hear about us from all walks of life and want to do something about it. There is uh, a very well known prep school in Massachusetts uh, whose students, a couple of their students have decided that they want to take on a campaign to abolish medical debt because in their area there's a lot of poverty. And there also happens to be a hospital. So these students want to be able to go to the hospital with all the facts that they need to be able to persuade the hospital either to contribute debt or at least contribute money to help buy debt in that area. High school kids doing that. Well, that's pretty wonderful. 
But this is the kind of program that you can you can get behind in a big, big, big way. Um, Very much you know. so. You want to get an idea of how – would you love to forgive a million dollars of the medical debt for somebody personally? Yeah. Well, here's what you would do. You would either go to your bank account or you go to a bunch of friends and you all to get together and you all raise – is all it takes to create a campaign to eliminate a million dollars worth of medical debt in your area. Wow. So $15,000 would eliminate a million dollars. A billion. No, a million. It's a million. A million. Yep. I'll buy into that right away. (laughs) A billion dollars. Well, you know... We were talking about the generosity of Americans. Do you know that as a nation, uh, we give 2% of our gross national, gross domestic product uh, to, to a charity as a, popul- as a nation. But a third of people of our population who are also on the lower rung of the economic scale, they give more as a percentage of their income than anybody else. And I, I think about that, and I say, now, what could be the reason for that? Well, number one, they have a direct experience of the pain of being broke and being chased by bill collectors and being sick. So when they, when they, when they have a chance, what's that? Yeah, somebody's debt would be amazing. Yeah. So when they, they can relate to the fact that somebody is in in a position that either they've been in or they know that they will be someday, and they're willing to get in there and throw five, ten, fifteen, twenty dollars into a bucket. And when you take a look at Faith Base, that'll put in a hundred thousand. You take a look at the Minnesota nurses. The Minnesota nurses went on strike against the hospital. Do you know why they went on strike against the hospital? Because the hospital wanted to take away their health care. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. You know, you don't do, first of all, you don't screw with nurses, okay? So they went out on strike, and they won the strike, and they they called us up and they said, you know, the, the citizens of Minnesota were supportive of us. They told us stories where a nurse would be in a grocery line buying groceries, and somebody would come up and say, let me take care of that for you. And so they wanted to pay people back. So they called us and they said, how much medical debt is there in Minnesota? And we went to our sources and we located about a little over $2 million, about $2.5 million. And we said, yeah, we have $2.5 million. It costs you $29,000. And they said, sold. And they proceeded to forgive the debt of 2.5 million Minnesotans as a way of saying thank you. They had the Attorney General of, of Minnesota come to their offices and congratulate them. They had a big check that they cut in half with a big pair of scissors showing how they eliminated people's debt. They got on local TV, and that's the way it should be. Don't hide your candle under a bushel. Wow. Well, that's how more people get to know what they can really do. Now, looking here, at medical debt in Minnesota is at $170 million, $171 million. That's right. That's right. Population. <laughs> 3.4. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. 3.4%. So, that, that's, an amazing, that's an amazing thing, though. Very amazing. 
but I hope I hope attention to this um, makes a difference with our health care system because that's your that's your goal, really. I mean, that is. certainly do. That is our goal. Our goal is to make make it possible that people are informed so that they can help, um, shall we say, direct the attentions of their legislators and their their bill makers to start doing things that that will that will benefit the public rather than their own pockets. So we know that's going to happen. But the book, there's the important thing about it is that there are four stages. Number one, there's awareness. We want to be people aware. Number two, we have no control over, and that is, does it touch you? Are you compassionate? If you are, the next thing is is education, and that's what one of the roles of the book is to provide you the education that you need from the insiders, the people who are sleeping up after the parade and know the people at the front of the parade. And then lastly, of course, is action. Once you've, got, once you've been touched, once you've been educated, you put your feet on the street, or you make those phone calls, or you make sure that people pay attention to you. So I hope your listeners will do exactly that. We hope so, too, and you've had a, you have a great message, and I think it's a wonderful thing, and I, I hope health care for all isn't too far away for all of us in this country. Right. Well, there's a, full, there's a full chapter on that in there where I put the competing uh, choices there for people to read, and when they read those choices, they'll come to an intelligent decision, and let's hope it's a good one. Yeah, we hope well, I, so. I do too. But um, what, what I was going to ask you is, now, if for them, for people to get hold of you, okay, um, is the best way uh, going to your uh, website or? Yeah. Yes, it would be the website, uh, ripmedicaldebt.org. And, of course, for the book, uh, End Medical Debt, simply go to um, Amazon and put that name in there, and there you'll see us. And by the way, the book is in paperback is fifteen ninety five. Every time someone buys a book for fifteen ninety five, there's enough money in that for us to forgive another five hundred dollars in medical debt for somebody. Oh wow! Uh, do you have a do you have a uh, um, yeah, do you have an ebook as well on that? You have a, I know you have a PDF. I think it's in the process of being prepared by uh, Judah Freed. He's our publisher of Hoku House in Hawaii. Uh, I'll talk to him and find out if it's up there. If not, I'll let you know one way or the other. Because uh, Eileen sent me the uh, PDF, the, the, the book, actually, uh, and uh, so I'm sure. Well, we'll make sure that we'll, you guys deserve a signed copy. <laughs> You'll be getting one. Oh, we appreciate that. But I'll tell you, you got, uh, you're really, we're really, really behind you. I'm this. impressed by what you're doing. I mean, yeah. I think it's amazing, just yeah. amazing. Well, yeah. we're grateful for that. We just happen to be, for some odd reason, renegade bill collectors. <laughs> we, we, you know what we've turned into? Uh, predatory givers. Predatory givers. <laughs> you're a Robin Hood. That's the uh, Robin Hood. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you have a great sense of humor, too. Well, thank <laughs> you. To do this, but yeah. I, I, uh, you should I, feel very proud of yourself. You really should. And I, I do hope we get medi- medical, medical help for all of us. And uh, maybe it's not too far in the future. I hope. I hope it's. I hope that. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. I hope we can get it. And, well, let's uh, surprise ourselves, and this show of yours is going to help that day happen sooner rather than later. 
for your sake and uh, everyone's sake. Well, it was very good to ha- uh, to he- listen to you and what you had to say, and it's such a good message that you have for people. And um, I think, uh, yeah, and I, I've, if you don't mind, I'm going to um, pursue this a little bit with a uh, uh, possibly with some doctors and some. Uh, uh, and some um, in a hospital that, that I'm very well familiar with. <laughs> we would love that. We would love that. Oh, we definitely. I, I definitely will work something with you on that. So, Good. Uh, in the meantime, uh, thanks a million for being on. Thanks for writing the book, and thanks for doing all the great work that you do. You know. Thank you so much. Bye bye. All right. Take care of yourself. Good night. And that was uh, that was uh, Jerry Aston. He's the founder of a nonprofit, uh, one of the three founders of a nonprofit. Uh, is ripmedicaldebt.org, uh, R-I-P, medicaldebt.org. And uh, they'll actually pay your medical debt. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. Uh, you know, and, well, he buys up t- blocks well, yeah, of medical yeah, but, debt. But and, can uh, you imagine, what do you, what do you say? So much money, five dollars would buy off five hundred. Something like or that. Something, something like that, or even five thousand. You know, I mean, at one percent, basically, uh, they make an arrangement with the hospital or with a. No, with the, the no, with the debt, with the debt collector. The with one the debt collector, yeah, whoever's the debt. whoever's collecting the debt, right? Yes, because he can't uh, go directly to the hospital. He has to go to. No, the, he to said he can. He's trying to make a deal with. Well, them. he hasn't at this but point. But you have to go there in order to find out who who owns the debt. Okay, who's taking care of that debt? All right. So, but anyway, uh, aside from all that, we thank everybody for joining us, and uh, we hopefully uh, you'll go to that uh, website, repmedicaldebt.org and see what they can do for you. I guarantee you'll be amazed. So, good night, everybody. And here we go. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose. 
at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.